you know, we've talked a lot about this in between media this season. There's going to be curveballs coming your way. Hate's a strong word. I dislike Kirk Cousins more than probably any other quarterback. And I get a little bit of that rookie-itis, you know? I would have said, I would love to look what you're Even though I'm straight, I'm still stuck between an interpretation, what it all means. Can I make a difference for something different? My mind in prison, then I saw the vision. Played the field, it's no competition. Found success through the repetition. If it's impossible, stick to the mission. I'm just cruising through, I'm way to get it. I found myself somewhere in between. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. All right, all right, all right. Welcome in to another edition of the In Between Fantasy Football Podcast. The podcast for you, whether you want to maximize your life or your fantasy football life. It's Wednesday, April 21st, roughly one week from the NFL Draft. We have a very special show coming for your way tonight. Uh, We're going to be previewing the draft a little bit later on. We're going to be talking about some sleepers later on, some day two, day three prospects that we're kind of digging here about a week out. But first, we will be continuing our off-season session series. We're going to hear from an inspiring upcoming fantasy football content creator, uh, a couple of our best friends in the industry. Uh, Really excited to have him on. Uh, But before that, uh, you you can always find this show on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Uh, We're here every other Wednesday in the off-season. Uh, the audio version then will drop on Friday, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher. I'm your host, Steph Woolcock, joined by my usual band of brothers, Nate Polvoat, chilling out in Colorado, What's and up, my guys? guy, Scott Rainier, sleepless in Seattle, as always. What's up, boys? What's up, man? How's it going? Hi, Seth. Hi, Nate. Hi, Scott. Hi, Seth. Excited to have you guys back in. Uh, crazy to think we're already season three, episode six. We have a crazy, crazy packed episode for you. Uh, so why don't we just go ahead and bring on our guest, none other than the man himself, Charlie oh. Herman, aka Herms. You can find him as a content creator and uh, the chief editor of The Lateral. He's also with 14 Personnel Pod. And the funny guy over at Run Boys, Herms. What's up, brother? Howdy doodly, everybody. I'm Herms. You can find me a lot of different places, like he said. And I'm really excited to be found here right now. Woo! We're excited to have you, dude. I think this has been a yeah. long time coming. Long, You've been yeah. a big About supporter time. of ours, one of my homies for quite a while now. Like, good to have you here, man. It's so great to be here. Oh my gosh, you're all so nice. Oh, go! I feel all tingly. <laughs> for for everyone watching, man, uh, why don't you let us know like where we can find you on the interweb? Uh, you don't need to throw out your address at all, but if you want to give up your location a little bit, where you're joining us from today, how old you are, kind of just those basic facts that you get asked on just about every fantasy football podcast you join. Well, uh, I'm. Herms, you can find me on Twitter at Herms NFL and nowhere else. I don't want you to find me anywhere else. Um, then uh, I'm coming from the great state of Maryland. You know, shout out, you know, crabs, 
you know, crab cakes and football. That's what Maryland does. You know, that's and old Bay hot sauce and old Bay hot sauce. I mean, dude, I will say, no, cause I, I mailed Nate some and like, dude, oh, that, dude. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my God. Cause like old Bay already by itself. Great. Hot sauce already by itself. Great. But when you merge the two, dude. dude, I'll tell you what, man, I smothered some scrambled eggs with that stuff last night. Ooh, it was good. Oh, yeah. So shout out Maryland. Shout out Krabs. Shout out Old Bay. Uh, oh, uh, I'm 25. So there you go. There. That fun, fun fact that thrown that other uh, answer out that you asked for. So <laughs> hey, now. Awesome, Hearns. We appreciate you joining us tonight, man. And while you're 25 right now, I want to go back to the very beginning, man. Uh, you know, start this interview off with a question you might not get that much, man. How how was your upbringing in the great state of uh, Maryland there and what was it like growing up man oh um I mean I live in a tiny place pretty close to the railroad so you know as we all know uh, it's not really a huge part of uh, the economic backbone of America anymore so I mean you know where I went to middle school and high school and stuff I mean like there was a pretty distinct difference between the, you know, like, you know, some of the more like haves and have nots and whatnot. Like, thankfully I'm fortunate enough to have the privilege that I do, but at the same time, like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's, it's an interesting place. Uh, it definitely taught me a lot. It's the reason I became uh, left leaning. Um, yeah. You know, just, it, uh, but you know, I definitely learned a lot about, uh, I don't know. I guess I'll just say like minding your own business. <laughs> You know, because like when there aren't that many people around, it's always just like, oh, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? You know, just you know, nosy mm -hmm. people doing all this stuff, you know, getting kind of rude sometimes and all that. And it's just like, you know, like, I don't know, just like do your shit, you know, be nice to other people, like, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know, there's no need to be a jerk, whatever. Like, I don't know. C cool place. I'm glad to be from where I'm from. But at the same time, it's, you know, less than ideal for some of my principles and beliefs but you know is what it is you don't really get to choose that but uh i don't know um as far as how my upbringing went i mean like pretty cool i mean like my parents are great i got two brothers uh we have you know a lot of fun doing stuff we used to have a lot of fun doing stuff playing baseball doing all that but like i don't know uh i was a very weird kid shocker i know <laughs> and uh like making friends was really really hard for me for a long time and I remember it really, really affecting me when I was younger. Like there was one time in particular, I think I was either in like second or third grade. Uh, like we had just moved to a new house outside of like the neighborhood where all the kids were kind of out in the middle of nowhere. So like it was already kind of isolating a little bit. And then like my one friend that would always sit with me at lunch inexplicably decided to go sit with, you know, other people. So, you know, like for a few days there, I was just like eating alone and I didn't really understand why. And I remember like one night I was just like violently crying myself to sleep, just being like, why won't anybody sit with me? Why won't anybody talk to me? And like, I don't know. But eventually I decided, you know, just to kind of embrace who I am a little more and just like go for it. And like I did Cub Scouts and like that was really fun. And through that, I ended up auditioning to do a musical out of nowhere and i had nothing awesome. prepared i'd never done anything like that before and they just gave me the lead and i was like oh woo! Damn. so like you know 
So I started doing that stuff. And, you know, through that, I guess I gained a little more confidence just to be like, hey, look, okay, like I'm weird, but I'm goofy. So I should just maybe do that openly and we'll see how that goes. And then, woo, now, you know, other stuff happened. Got super into things I probably shouldn't have been into. Shout out punk rock. But uh, yeah, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm here now. <laughs> At Herm's NFL, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. So one thing about you that I think that I think well, I don't know how unique it is, but if I you know you you hear people say if I ever if I had a time machine, I would go back and do this or change this. One of the things I think I would do if I had a time machine is I would go back first to know that fantasy football camp is a thing. And then I would go to go to fantasy football camp. Now it probably might might not have existed when I was a kid, but I'm talking about time travel, and there's not a lot of logic involved with it. So tell us what that was like, man, because fantasy football camp sounds awesome. <laughs> oh man! Uh, shout out my my uh, fifth grade history teacher, name redacted. Um, he uh, put together this really cool thing in his uh, curriculum, like for uh, math students of his, in which. Uh, not even just fantasy football, just fantasy sports in general. I mean, there were like roto baseball teams and like all this other stuff. And it was just kind of like a learning device to, you know, help kids get better at that stuff that, uh, I don't know. And plus he's also super into fantasy sports. So he wanted to, you know, help grow the sport itself. Well, the fake sport itself (laughs) and, you know, get more people involved in it. And, uh, through the local community college every summer, he would put on a kid's camp. Uh, I think it's like ages nine up to 17, and we would get together in his little portable <laughs> classroom that he had, you know, no AC. It was pretty hot, but, you know, you, you suffer through it because it's fantasy sports camp. And, yeah. you know, we have a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, by that point, like, for fantasy football specifically, like, the season had already happened. So all the stats were based off of what happened in the previous season. So, like, when you mm-hmm. first start going to the camp is, like, you know, like a nine or 10 year old, you're just like, how does this work? But then like, as I got older, cause like I went with my older brother and eventually my younger brother, I'm the middle kid, shout out middle kids. He, he came into the camp as well and all that. Um, But I figured out through seeing what my older brother was researching, how the scoring system worked. And I was like, Oh, okay. So I would just comb through all the stats and I would like make like, I'm I'm talking, I'm like 10 years old making like spreadsheets, just (laughs) plotting out all this information. Like, and it would be like the camp wouldn't even start till June and it's like May. And I'm just like, all right, crack the knuckles. Let's go. Like, you know, just like, cause I wanted to win really bad. And, you know, I, uh, you know, toward the end, uh, they gave out little trophies and uh, I have my first ever fantasy baseball trophy right there, you know, from 2006. It's a 15-year-old uh, bottle of Yoo-Hoo. This is incredibly oh disgusting. God. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, so it's the first fantasy title I ever won. I have, like, a bunch of baseball trophies. I won the fantasy baseball. I won head-to-head a few times. I won the Roto a few times. And then there were also, like, little bonus games that he would have us do with, like, historical seasons and stuff so we'd have to go back and like learn about the different eras and figure all that out and like i won everything i won fantasy baseball basketball hockey golf but i didn't win fantasy football and it just destroyed me it annoyed the heck out of me and i don't know maybe it kind of 
fed into me getting super into it and where I am now here. Perhaps I'm just trying to, you know, compensate for some like, mm -hmm. you know, youth failure, but I've won more than a few titles at this point, thankfully. So it's just like, <laughs> finally suck it. All those kids. <laughs> like, yeah. So I don't know. I got started playing way earlier than a lot of other people do. So when I started entering like competitive leagues for money and stuff, like I was already like really good from the get go. Cause like I knew how to research, mm -hmm. I knew what I was looking for and all that stuff. So, you know, like my process was already, you know, it was born out of something that I did because I was a huge nerd as a kid. So, like, look at me now. Look at me now. Shout out Name Redacted. Great teacher. I keep waiting yeah, for you to accidentally grab that bottle of Yoohoo and take a sip. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think oh, it's aged well? well? I don't know, man. I've seen a lot of different fantasy football trophies, but a 15-year-old unopened bottle of Yoohoo. <laughs> that might be the weirdest. That's pretty solid. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got a uh, little like kool-aid things i got like little teeny bottles of gatorade i got like a huge perrier bottle because that was the golf trophy like oh of course yeah, fancy like, water yeah yeah, yeah i just i got all my uh <laughs> i got all my trophies just sitting on my bookcase with all my you know sports memorabilia and stuff but yeah man dude fantasy sports camp i really i you know he retired a few years ago and now the camp doesn't exist Oh. But like, I always thought it would be cool that like, if I became successful in the industry or something that I would start it up again, because like, I don't know how I'd be able to fund it otherwise, but like, I don't know. Cause like getting kids started that early, that would, I mean, like, dude, it's given so much cool. to my life. So like, yeah, I would like to pick it up if ever possible. Like that would be a really cool way to give back, but yeah. So shout out fantasy sports camp. Scott, can you imagine if they had that as like an elective when we were in high school? <sighs> I, I can't really. I mean, I would have had to grab a ruler and a pencil to create a spreadsheet. So yeah, right. We didn't have a little that. bit more taxing, but right. I man, that would have been man, that would have been so much fun. That would have been so much fun. Yeah. So speaking of fun, Herms, one of my favorite things about you is your musical prowess, my friend. Mm -hmm. Because damn it, you're talented, man. Some of the stuff oh. you sent me is unbelievable. Yeah. And I want to set my kit up someday and I'm going to record because we have two microphones and I can stitch together a drum set and we're going to record something together. But we'll get there someday. I want to know what got you started in music. Like what was the catalyst to kind of like getting you into playing an instrument even? Oh, geez. Uh, my grandfather, uh, he passed away a while ago, but uh, I got a memorial to him on my arm. You know, I got That's his, awesome. you know, his birth and death year and all that and the Roman numerals, but he was a big bird watcher. He loved cardinals. Um, so, yeah, uh, you know, the the man I was named after, uh, my pap-pap, uh, as, as we lovingly uh, called him as. Uh, so my mom's side of the family, uh, they're, I want to say it's like, five six seven generations of musicians or something so like that's where wow. that's where the talent comes from i know that like my grandmother uh i mean like her parents abandoned her and her siblings during the depression and that was a whole other thing but anyway before that happened uh i heard stories about you know like a like a family band of sorts just like a whole bunch of them like you know different gatherings they'd all get together and do all that stuff and you know, do whatnot. And uh, she could play piano by ear. And my grandfather was like the star of his church choir. And uh, everybody was always just like, yeah, like, you know, I mean, we're super into the good word, but we're really here just, you know, hear him sing. You know, that was kind of, you know, mm -hmm. the whole thing, you know, like, you know, well liked and, you know, well loved in the 
tiny, tiny, tiny town in Pennsylvania where they're from. Um, but when I was seven, I remember my grandparents came down for Christmas and they were super stoked. Like, I remember my grandfather called me on the phone and was like, I got you this super cool present. And it starts with the letter G. Guess what it is. But since I didn't know that many words, I was convinced it was either gum or a video game. I was just like, it has to be one of those two things. I'm either going to plug it in or I'm going to chew it and it's going to be great. But, uh, you know, I got a guitar and I was just like, I didn't ask for this, but okay, let's do it. And, you know, just started from there. And, uh, you know, I hear the little anecdotes being like, well, you know, he saw it in you. You had the gift. And I was like, okay, sure. So, you know, I was just like, I'll take lessons. Fine. Whatever. Yeah. Let's see, you know, how far this goes. Like, oh, I'm alone. But, uh, yeah. So, you know, start taking guitar lessons, doing all that. And, uh, yeah, after that, uh, I don't know, because I started really young, I got really good around like the time when most kids start playing so you know like i started playing like downtown and like the city near where i'm from when i was like you know 14 years old with like a bunch of kids way older than me doing all that stuff so i mean yeah i was doing like the diy punk and metal scene for you know a decade or so before i you know ended up kind of walking away from that eventually but you know that's that's my bread and butter. You know, I, you know, even mm. while I was in college, I was, uh, you know, instead of having like a part-time job, I would just be like the front man of a cover band and we would play on weekends and that would, you know, that would fund my, uh, excapades. So, you know, just totally. Like, yeah. So, you know, it was pretty cool, you know, being like, yeah, I'm a professional musician. Technically, this is great. Yeah. You know, singing, 90s tunes and playing guitar and you know bars full of sweaty people and all that it's like it was cool you know i had a great time and you know but i don't know like a bunch of stuff happened that you know i'm if we have time to get into it maybe we'll get into it but like yeah i don't know i don't really i stopped for a while wa- uh, a long time because mm-hmm. i don't know i just didn't really love it anymore but i have been playing more recently and i have been recording new stuff for the first time in like years so and it's, it's really good. cool to get yep. back into the well thank you you know just, oh, but yeah you know no matter what happens music will be my first love and my first passion even if i'm not active doing it so i mean mm-hmm. i don't know i never asked for it but i got it so well <laughs> and I think that's somewhere where you and I initially kind of started to bond in this community was over music. Cause I think that's where we first started talking was about bands and influences. Cause that's something you and I have in common very much. So is being involved in the DIY punk scene. We both did that for a long time. Um, so like, give me two of your biggest mi- musical influences. Oh, geez. Whoa. Two. Oh, only two. Oh, that's so hard to narrow down. Okay. Well, my favorite band of all time is a band from New Jersey called the Gaslight Anthem. They mm-hmm. are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, basically, just like imagine if like uh, Bruce Springsteen was uh, the front man of the Clash, and you just put that <laughs> oh, together. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, it, it, it's super sick. You know, it's and I always tell people it's like it's everything you love about your parents' music mixed with like all the cool punk stuff you love about like your stuff, just like mashed together. Like I got like three Gaslight Anthem tattoos. Like I just they're oh dude. Oh my god, they're so good. The lyricism is just like, oh my god, Brian Fallon is a god. His words make me want to cry. And then uh 
Jeez, I guess what's another one? Also, uh, Explosions in the Sky. I absolutely adore Explosions in the Sky because, you know, like everybody who's seen the mo- uh, the football movie Friday Night Lights, just like the really beautiful ambient, you know, reverb-laden guitar music in the background, that's them. Mm-hmm. They did the film score. Okay. And, uh, geez, I, ooh, it's the best live show I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, I got another tattoo for them, uh, for their album, The Earth is Not a Cold Dead Place. Like, yeah, I mean, and, you know, that, album helped me through some pretty That's dark great, times and stuff and it's like, a great album oh it's so good so just good. like yeah. oh man especially like as somebody who is a guitar player primarily i love just cranking up the reverb and just playing just like all oh, this oh my god oh it's it's incredible so if i ever had to recommend two bands to anybody it would be the gaslight anthem and explosions in the sky for sure just like hands down awesome. so her i'm speaking uh, Nate mentioned you guys kind of bonded over music. I remember you and I had some conversations that were really, really interesting. Um, just kind of about doing things a little differently in this space, you know, not necessarily following the typical formula. And so what, and I mean, that comes, that comes through with your work at the lateral. Um, so what kind of inspired that kind of lateral sideways, whatever you want to call it, uh, approach for uh, for you and McLateral. Well, I mean, well, also look, shout out my boy Malcolm at, yeah. at McLateral FF. Uh, I've I went to high school with his brother. We were in the same grade, so I became friends with him by association and like all that stuff. Like you know, near and dear to my heart. I've known that family forever. They're wonderful. Um, but yeah, dude, I don't know. When it comes to just like doing sideways stuff and doing all this other stuff, like. I'm kind of a weird, zany person because, you know, like I, I had alluded to the fact I was kind of like a weird, awkward child or whatever. And then, you know, there was always something off about me and I never knew why. And it was always very strange. And then, you know, through a series of unfortunate events, boom, I have type two bipolar disorder. So anything I do is going to be a little, you know, different than what you expect from other people. Because like, I don't know, like me and like around 10% of the population are like, we're just, it's wired a little different up in the noggin. So like, I don't know. It's just, you know, I, I only know how to be this way. So whatever way I process and understand things is the way that I'm going to try and explain it. And hopefully stuff I say makes sense. And if it doesn't, then, well, Hey, there are, you know, plenty of smart coherent people that can explain things to you but you know if you want something a little kind of off the wall and whatnot i mean hey hit up your boy arms because you know that's just i i don't have a choice you know this this is the way that i am i can treat it but i'll never be able to cure it that's just how mental illness works so yeah i mean pretty much anything i do is going to be a little off a little sideways a little weird but you know I'm very proud of it because it gives me a perspective that not many other people have. And like, I have used my mental illness to be able to win fantasy championships and stuff, you know? Cause like when I'm digging through, you know, researching stuff and like on the waiver wire and stuff, I'm like, man, like I'm, you know, I'm thinking about different things, you know, all this other stuff, you know, like weeks out in advance, you know, trying to like, I don't know. I do a pretty good job of hitting on people before they break out and stuff just because of like how I process things. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I don't know. Like, it's weird. I present things in a very bizarre way, but like, I don't know. The proof is in the pudding. I 
I make a decent amount of money, you know, from my friends from the punk scene every year, every time, you know, we get together and do our league. It's always just like, you want to, you want to hand me the, uh, you want to hand me the prize money now, or do you want to do this in December? <laughs> so, you know, but like, I don't know. That's just, that's what inspires it. I don't have a choice. I'm who I am. Well, see, and I'm a, I'm a big fan of you do, man, you bring such a different perspective and you see things so much differently. And it's like a breath of fresh air, I think, to see how you analyze things and to be able to read the way that you process some of these players and how you feel about them and how you can relate them to other things. Like it's one of my favorite things. Do you think maybe that's part of why you wanted to get into this in the first place is because you just see everything so much differently? Not only that, but also because like, I don't know anybody who gets into the content creation. I mean, like first and foremost, you have to believe that you're good at what you're doing. Otherwise you're not going to try and help people, you know, but honestly, I just really wanted to help people because I was like, it feels really good whenever I win a league. Cause I'm just like, cool. All the hard work that I put in and all the time that I put in paid off. I have a trophy. Hooray. I did it. And you know, like it makes you feel good. It makes you feel special. It makes you feel like you've accomplished something. So it's just like, I want people to feel the way that I feel whenever that happens, because it feels nice. It feels good. Everybody should feel good. So, you know, more than anything else, I mean, like, yes, I want people to, you know, have like a different perspective and like try and like, you know, look at things differently in order to help gain an edge. But at the end of the day, I just really want people to be happy. And I really want to make people happy in the way that I know how to do that. And I do that through just being the goofy weirdo that I am. So like, mm -hmm. as long as I'm making people happy and as long as I'm helping people, you know, cause I mean, there's a lot of like awful things that happen in the world constantly, you know, like it's a very surreal and scary place to live. And, you know, any, any escape that you have is a really important thing to hold on to. And if somebody is just like, wow, I'm having a really bad day. Okay, well, I know that if I sit down and watch Herms, there's no way I'm going to have a bad day. Then it's just like, sure, come here. What's up? We'll be friends. And like, yeah, I'm, I'm there for you. You know what I mean? Like, I got you. You know, if you want goofy, you got goofy. If you want serious, I can buckle down and be serious. This isn't even my natural speaking voice. This is just for comedic effect. You know, it's just like, you know, like, I got you, dude. Like, that's really what I do it for. You know, because like, yeah, you know, I I'm good at playing fantasy football. I can give you the numbers if you want the numbers. I can give you a lot of different stuff if you want a lot of different stuff. I just want to make sure that your life is better for it because you've watched what I've done. You know, like that's and even if I'm not the reason that you end up winning, as long as you laughed along the way or, right. you know, felt something along the way, then it's just like. I did my job. So that's really all that matters. I love that. That's Herms. awesome. Yeah. Herms, man. I, I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story, man. I mean, from you going through what you did as a kid and trying to find yourself and, and really, you know, owning up to who you were and like, like that's a lot of self discovery at a young age. So I appreciate that. And, you know, everything you've been dealing with, with your mental health too. I, I really appreciate you being an advocate for that. Everything said and done, Herms, what do you think like was was there one biggest hurdle in your life you had to overcome? Because to get to where you are now is is no easy feat, man. Oh, geez, man. When I was it was right before my 19th birthday, I had been dumped by the 
person that I had been dating for a very long time, probably due to the fact that, like, I don't know, months earlier, I noticed things were starting to short circuit a little bit. And I don't know, like, what I thought was just a bad depression really cracked and boiled into this and I had no idea how to handle it and it was just horrible you know and I got super super into drinking alcohol which is something that you know I've still struggled with even recently you know and so between that and you know eventual like substance issues and stuff I mean like it's you know and I don't know, like I processing all of this and, you know, having to relearn how to be a person, basically, once, you know, everything cracked and I went through, you know, my dark moments and landed in a inpatient program, you know, like I had to rewire who I was, basically. And I tried to help myself do that while very drunk constantly, which is not a great way to solve problems. Because you end up being incredibly abrasive and rude and you hurt people. And there are people from my past who I thought would be lifelong friends of mine that I ended up ruining, you know, relationships with people because due to my some of my behavior and some of my word choices and all this other stuff. I mean, like, I don't know, like I like I'm I'm not a sympathetic figure if you put together like some of the things and it's like you know some of who i was before i really dedicated to you know hey i want to be a good person consistently i want to be able to help people consistently because like yes like the nice empathetic person that i am is very much myself but being that person all the time is something that took forever and you know eventually you know like it it took until you know hitting rock bottom basically you know not really having anybody to talk to besides thankfully i mean malcolm's always been in my corner i appreciate the hell out of him but i mean you know i decided i was like okay let's take therapy seriously Mm -hmm. let's take taking a medication seriously and let's do this and you know, ever since then, it's gotten better. It's gotten a lot better. But, you know, there are still struggles that I have with it. And, like, it is what it is. I've learned, I've I've had to learn how to, if I want to enjoy a drink or two, I have to do so in moderation. I only, like, I only drink, like, one or two things that I know the specific alcohol content of. I know when to stop it. I have hours. I'm just like, if it's past this hour of the day, I won't do it. Blah, blah, blah. I'm very regimented. Like, I don't know. I'm an insane person. It is what it is. But like, yeah, just overcoming having to relearn how to function and, you know, picking the wrong things to help me do that. That's definitely been the biggest thing I've had to overcome. And like, you know, I think somebody said something earlier about like, if you could go back and change certain things, it's like, if I, if I were ever presented with that option, I don't know that I would change anything despite the fact that I needlessly hurt people and did all this other stuff because regardless of all of that bad stuff, I did end up here. 
and I am okay now. And I think it contributed a lot to the content of my character and a lot to, you know, just the empathy within me that I possessed that I am able to consistently put outward and give to other people now. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm the type of dude who unfortunately has to learn lessons the hard way, <laughs> but uh, I'm glad that I've learned more than a few the hardest way because I'm sure as shit not going to forget it now. So, I mean, Hey, you know, like uh, Herms is an anti-hero. Basically, that's kind of how I would put it. You know, it's just like I as, as much credit as I want to give myself, you know, like I don't I don't deserve too much. But, you know, I'm just I'm glad to be who I am now, if that makes sense. You know, like not super proud of everything, but at least I'm I, I'd like to think I'm a good person now. Um, no, I just I'm going to quote Herms here real quick and say I dig the vibe. Um, but. No, I mean, and, and that that sentiment is, I think, why I connect with you so much is because I feel the same way. Like, you know, I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, you know, just by having to topple the tower and rebuild it. And I just paid, I paid attention during those processes somewhat when I was trying to improve and get better. And I realized one thing, I, one thing that stood out in my mind is just when other people talked about it, were open about it and shared their stories. And I started to figure out I'm not this unique individual when it comes to that. Other people go through it. I just, I know how much that helped me. So as far as, and I've written about this and, and stuff, but like, as far as me giving back, like finding a way to give back, that's, that's a place where I can. It's not, I'm, I'm not saying it's not a, it's not a, well, I did this. So you do this. It's a, this is something I did. It helped me put it in your, put it in your mental arsenal to deal with your stuff if you want to. So, I mean, I think, I think it's, it's such a huge part to get past that shame and guilt about your past and just accept it and be like, you know what? It is what it is. It's, it's what it's all that is why I'm who I am today. So yeah, no. And I just think, I think from the, I think our first interaction was about mental health. Um, very first interaction. It might have been that, or you schooling me on something I tweeted that was definitely <laughs> not correct. <laughs> um, but no, and I mean that's why from the get go, I was like, yeah, this guy, he's my he's my type of guy. So a lot of respect, a lot of respect for that for sure. Well, thank you. You know, that's why you know I like to make videos sometimes when I can. I haven't done it that much recently because for some reason my phone is just being a real weenie. But like. I'd like to make videos because like I remember I had made a video about like the process about how like uh, getting myself out of a panic attack even before it happens works. You know what I mean? Just like the three step thing that I learned from my therapist. Shout out name redacted. You know, like it was, you know, it was something super helpful. And like, oh, my God, there was a point, you know, in my later teenage years where like my anxiety was so crippling that I stopped playing music for a while. Like I didn't perform in public for almost three years because wow. I was too afraid to sing in front of people, despite the fact that I had been doing it forever, you know, but now I get to the point where like, I don't really have panic attacks anymore because when I, when I feel that thing coming, I know exactly what to do. I go boom, 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 three things, three simple things. And I, you know, I like to make videos about that type of stuff and I like to be open and honest about it because 
you know, like I told myself, like whenever I find out whatever's going on up here, once they give me a name for it and start explaining like all this stuff, I am never going to shut up about it because I spent like 18, 19 years saying absolutely nothing. And look at how that ended up. So, you know, that's, that's what I like to try to do. You know, just, it's important to just, be honest about it because like you know like every weird or dark thing you've ever thought pretty much everybody alive has also thought you know so like you're you're definitely not alone in any sort of way whatsoever like yeah i remember during a during a particular dark time in my past there was this there was this moment in time where this you know more than a moment but where all of a sudden I was really uncomfortable and self-conscious around my closest friends. Wow. And it was, it was, it was not only was it just awful and shitty, it was terrifying. Right. Mm -hmm. And for the longest time, I never even said anything about it. I was like, Oh, I can't tell anybody about that. But it's like, okay, for one, it's not going to hurt any, it's not going to hurt me any to say it out loud. What's going to happen. But two, if there's anybody out there that ever experienced that and was like, Oh God, I must be the only one, you know, then and it helps, then it's all worth it. You know, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's a problem. It's a problem. The, the, the stigmas and, and, and whatnot attached to all this kind of stuff. But I really like what you said. You're like, as as soon as, as soon as I find out a name for it, I'm never going to shut up about it. That's, that's beautiful. Yeah, it really is. Herms, thank you very much for sharing your story, man. Um, it was, you know, a z- sincere pleasure on our end. And I hope all our listeners and our viewers tonight, um, they're able to take something from it because I definitely did. So thank you, Herms. Um, I'm excited to continue your journey at The Lateral, man. Um, we're going to be following closely. So um, th- thank you again. Um, I, are you guys ready to bring a little bit of summertime back into the show? Maybe talk about a little bit of fantasy football. Oh, please God, it's snowing here. Yeah, it's, I'm, I'm again. Gonna, it's, it's 75 degrees in April here, so. Shut it, all, Scott. All right. All right, guys. <laughs> we we are going to break out uh, a fan favorite section here at the show. Sure Things, Sleepers of the Week. It's the Sure Thing. Sleepers of the Week. All right. Sure thing, sleepers of the week. Shout out to our boy, Third and Short, for that awesome uh, video drop. We appreciate that, Third. Um, yeah, he's out here killing it, man. Just yeah, killing it. Just, just killing it. Absolutely. National treasure for sure. Um, guys, the draft is roughly one week away. Um, you know, a lot, there's still a chance for some moves to be made within that, you know, top four, top six. Uh, a lot of people, Miami's fielding calls we're hearing. Uh, Atlanta's definitely fielding some calls. And even Carolina down at eight. So a lot to talk about with that. But uh, what I want to do today is for we're going to uh, target our sure thing sleepers of the week around people who are not in the top 12 um, you know, for your rookie rankings. Uh, they're, they're not going to be in the first round of most super flex leagues. They're not going to be um, the guys that we've been talking about all offseason already. So Herms, you are our guest, man. Um, do you want to kick it off? I'll let, I'll let someone else go out of out of courtesy to the okay to the in between game. Scott, why don't you get why don't you start well, us off? Sure, I'll go first. Um, 
Okay, so we kind of broke this into kind of a higher level sleeper and then what did we call it? A surface. Deeper, a deeper, yeah, surface and deeper shore sleeper of the week. So my surface level one, so this is breaking the rules a little bit. This guy's definitely been talked about. Um, he's, you know, dancing around the end of the first round, but he's he's currently a second rounder. His last name's Moore, he's undersized, and he's a slot receiver, but it's not. Um, it's Elijah Moore. I'm a, I'm a fan. Um, there's Rondell Moore, of course, um, and I'm also a fan of his. But, you know, what? it's kind of ironic there's two Moores that are undersized. They're slot receivers right around the same general place <laughs> in the draft. You have to be specific when you just say Moore. But the thing about Elijah Moore is, for one, I mean, I'm still – super fresh as far as learning how to, you know, watch film. So I still kind of rely a little bit on my, on my gut on just kind of my eye test, you know, like what is he, does, does this person jump off the screen to me or not? And Elijah Moore, he jumps off the screen to me. Um, he's undersized, but I don't really buy into that too much. He's got a bunch of other metrics where he's up in that 80th, 90th percentile. You know, he's gotten some comparisons to Tyler Lockett. Um, and various others. He's a little bit difficult to compare or find comps just because of his of his size. But I think, you know, I mean, Rondell Moore gets a lot of the a lot of the attention, but I think Elijah Moore could be a sneaky, he could be a sneaky steal. And he right now he's dancing around early day two as far as the NFL mm-hmm. draft goes. Yeah. I've seen I've seen him mocked anywhere from you know the Bucks at 32 into the early second round. I mean, you've got teams that need slot receivers. You've got, you yes. know, Raiders. I'm sorry, but he's better than Hunter Renfro. You've got the Dolphins. Um, let's see, who else? The Panthers. Curtis oh, Samuel's man. gone. They could use a slot receiver. So I think as a second, third round pick for an NFL team, I think he could be somewhat of a steal. Again, I'm not knocking him. You know, let me see. What was he? Hold on, I got it. I have stats and stuff. Um, five, nine, one seventy-eight. So, you know, that doesn't, that's not like, Oh my God, it's six, three, two twenty. you know, but 40 yard dash at four, 4.4, um, breakout age at 19.4, which is exactly the same as CD lamb. Again, you can't look at any of these metrics by themselves. He's not CD lamb just cause he has the same breakout age. Um, his cone drill was in the 90th percentile. I mean, he's, he's got some of those metrics. And again, like I said, I'm new at the film stuff, but he looks completely legit on film. Um, he's fast. Um, he runs good routes. He catches the ball. Um, he's not easy to tackle. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm an Elijah Moore fan. So that's my, that's my surface level. He's kind of, you know, he's kind of right around that range that isn't really much of a sleeper, but you know, he hasn't been talked about as much as your chases and your waddles right. and all those guys. Right. So as far as my deeper shore, I'm going with Kylan Hill running back. Um, this guy, this is one of those guys, again, I talk about gut feeling. I talk about just eye test stuff because he doesn't really have a bunch of metrics from his pro day or any of that that just jump off the page. He's not really jump up in the 80th, 90th percentile in any of it. So I'm not really basing it on that. He's a, he's a pretty late round draft pick in the mocks I've seen. You know, he's not going second, third round. He's going later than that. But him and my other, you know, my other guys, Chuba Hubbard, who I'm higher on than most, but but Kylan Hill, I watched his tape. Um, again, I don't know what I'm doing, but man, he looks like an NFL running back. Um, he looks like a potential three down NFL running back. You know, I'm not going to do the comps like, oh, he's the next James Robinson or anything like that. But um, I just, 
I have a feeling he's going to be a higher value than where he's going to go in the NFL draft. And I think a team's going to get more than what most people think out of Kylan Hill. So he's my deeper guy. Um, yeah, those are my two. Awesome. I like that Kylan Hill call. I like that a lot. Nate, do you want to do you want to follow through here with uh, your sure thing sleepers of the week, uh, both your surface level sure thing and your deeper guy a little bit? I mean, if I have to, I guess I will. <laughs> so I've got Ramondre Stevenson out of Oklahoma as my surface level. Thank you, Herms. Dude is big, man. For this running mm-hmm. black class, he's big. He's six foot two, forty six, and his forty time has suffered because of his size, which makes sense. I mean, when you're that big, you're yeah. not going to be like sprinting down the field. I'm sure there's some sort of like aerodynamic airflow issue with that. There, he ran a four six four. But there are other backs in the league, in the NFL, who have been successful at his size. Think about a guy like Christian Okoye, and he didn't have a ton of speed, but he's a bruiser. And he was in that like 90th percentile in the cone drill on his pro day. Uh, he's got surprisingly quick feet. And when he finally had a chance to get out from behind Trey Sermon last season, he only got to play six games because of the weirdness of COVID. But I mean, his stats were so he had. 101 carries for 665 yards and seven touchdowns in six games in 2020. And he's not the sexy guy because he's not fast. He's not Najee Harris, but the dude can ball. And I think he's one of those guys. He's projected like a day three guy somewhere around there, which I think is crazy. But some of those guys fall deeper into the draft or like James Robinson didn't even get drafted. And look what he did. Or Philip Lindsay. People forget Terrell Davis was a sixth round pick. Like, and he's in the hall of fame. So I think he's a sleeper guy that in the right situation, he lands with the right team. He's a three down back. Cause he's a bruiser. He's like a Derrick Henry. I mean, and he could be like a Derrick Henry type production back in the right situation. I don't know exactly where that is. And I think he's a wild card. He could end up just about anywhere going in that third and fourth round. Um, I just recently did an NFL 32 team mock draft where I represented the Broncos and he didn't go in the first four rounds of that draft, which I thought was kind of crazy. But I think he has the potential to be a guy that if in redraft, he's a guy in the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th round, if you're a, kind of a deeper league, he's a guy you grab and put him on your bench. You see what he does, and you mm-hmm. either trade him off or you release him if he's not doing anything. But I think he or, – or he's a waiver wire guy that you're looking at week two, week three. He's kind of starting to heat up, and you can snag him, roster him, and do really well with him. Um, my little bit deeper pick, I went real deep with this one, Michael Strachan, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, not Strahan. Um, he's a D2 guy. He's at the University of Charleston. Had a big, big season when he finally got the opportunity um, in 2019. He didn't. He opted out of 2020. He's 6'5", 226. He's a big boy. Uh, Reminds me of like Colin Johnson, Megatron size-wise. He had 78 catches for 1,300 yards and almost 20 TDs. And for his size, a lot like Colin Johnson, he's very quick. And he's a very exceptional tight route runner on the right team that lacks depth in a later round. uh, He could have a huge rookie season. Um, He's a guy... I know that this is mostly geared towards redraft, but there are people out there listening to us who play dynasty. He's a guy I'm taking in like the third or fourth round of a rookie draft because it gets so thin by the time you get to that point, it's a dart throw. Anyway, he's a guy I'm taking in the third or fourth round of a rookie draft. 
just to see what happens. He may go undrafted, but he'll sign somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's a pretty deep dart throw, but you don't win unless you take chances in this game. Man, so, I can't yeah. wait to have these conversations post NFL draft. Yeah. I yeah. know. Or- <laughs> I know. Kind of like I talked about in my column, man. Landing spot matters yep, more than people think. Yes, way more does. than people think. Seth? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, d- definitely like those picks so far, gentlemen. Um, my surface sure thing sleeper of the week heading into the NFL draft is he's kind of right there along with Elijah Moore. He's probably going to be about an early second round pick in rookie drafts, um, depending on the landing spot. That's Terrace Mitchell, guys. Um, he obviously had a very impressive junior season at LSU with Joe Burrow under the under center there. 46 receptions, 671 yards, 13 TDs. Um, and then he was kind of, uh, for the first couple games of, of this season, he, I kind of viewed him as the lone survivor, uh, of that LSU offense. He comes back this year with kind of really some, some shaky QB play from, uh, from TJ Finley early on. And, and they kind of had a lot of QB issues, which is expected after Joe Burrow, but, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, he moves on in the draft CEH Burrow as well, lost a lot of key pieces on that entire LSU team. And then Jamar Chase, uh, he opts out, so it leaves um, Terrence Mitchell to have you know another really solid season. Uh, 48, 48 receptions, seven hundred thirty-one yards, and double-digit TDs once again, and just seven games. So he really took a step forward. And it's not like this is a really surprise that he had this in him. Uh, he was actually a five-star recruit, the number one guy in his class coming out of high school. So I mean, he's six-three, he's two-twenty, like he he's a he's a very traditional receiver. He's not a guy that's going to beat you with speed. He's not a guy that's going to, like a DK Metcalf, that's going to just own you with his size. He's a traditional receiver. He's good on those deep routes. But he also played some slot this year. Kind of reminded me of a little bit of Keenan Allen in the slot, the way he was able to use his body. And, and, and you know, he has nice hands. So it will be really telling to see where he goes in the real NFL draft. I'm seeing somewhere as a definitely a day two pick probably. But I could see someone like if the Bengals and the Lions don't go – with Jamar Chase early in the first round, I could see one of them coming back in the second round, uh, going after a guy like like him. Um, so he is my my surface sure thing sleeper of the week, and uh, my quick hit deeper sure thing sleeper. Um, a lot of people might not know this name, but it's Puka Williams. Um, he's from Kansas. Uh, kind of really reminds me of one of my fa- favorite players in the NFL, Tariq Cohen. Um, I was a big Tariq Cohen guy the first couple of years in the league. He almost led me to a championship run. Uh, I think it was back in 2018. But Puka, he's a guy, he, he obviously did not have a great 2020 season. Uh, he's been banged up a lot in his career. So that is one of my big concerns. Um, there's also the other concerns. The guy does not have toes on his right foot. Um, lawnmower accident when he was about eight years old, but that hasn't stopped him yet. Um, he, you know, undersi- undersized guy, obviously. And the other thing I'm not, too, you know, too huge on is he did get in some domestic violence, uh, caught up in that a little bit o- over the offseason. So I, I'm not huge on that. But you know, you look at this guy; he is very, very fast. He is good with good with his cuts, good in vision, and he can catch better than most people as well. Had back to back thousand yard seasons, uh, you know, his first two years there at Kansas. So. I'm really excited for Puka Williams. I, he's definitely a day three prospect just because of all the things I listed, size, off the field issues, no right, you know, no toes on his right foot. But if he can land in a place that only really has a bruising running back 
and not really a, a change of pace guy that's there for receptions. Think of the Broncos, Melvin Gordon. He's the lone guy there. Think of the Jaguars, James, James Robinson, Carlos Hyde. They're not really pass catchers. Um, same with the Seahawks and Chris Carson. Um, so those are kind of the teams that I'm, I'm hoping can maybe pick up Puka Williams. Um, I would grab him, you know, if, if I'm in a dynasty league, I, I'd grab him the third or fourth round. If your league doesn't even go to the fourth round, he's a guy you can get after the draft and pick him up. But um, really excited for see, to see what Puka Williams can do. Hey, I run like I don't have toes on both of my feet. So there you go. <laughs> I did not know that. I did not know he was toeless on one. Foot. I didn't either. That's interesting. Yeah. Yep. Uh, be careful with those. How does that toes, How man. does that affect his BMI though? <laughs> That's the question. Well, That's what we need to know. See, how does it affect his BMI? About a third of a pound. So, <laughs> uh, Herms, do you want to round us out here, man, with your sure thing sleepers of the week? Absolutely, I do. Okay, now we get to put things in Herms' terms. What's up? So, okay, in terms of like my shallower guy, I would say like I don't. I, I feel like people have have heard the name enough times or whatever. It's a well, I was gonna say running back, but he could be a wide receiver. But uh, but but then if I say wide receiver and he ends up being a running back, then it's like I know he's going oh, to. I don't know. Football player Demetric Felton out of UCLA. I okay. So he, I I. I believe he came into UCLA as a slot receiver. And then after Joshua Kelly, now of the Los Angeles Chargers, graduated and moved on to the pros, they were like, hey, uh, Demetri, come here. You, you want you want to play some running back for us? Yeah, <laughs> we, we kind of need somebody. And like, you're, you're, you're pretty fast. You could do this, right? Uh, uh, okay. Uh, all right, coach. And he did a pretty good job as a running back, a converted wide receiver playing running back. So it's like, Dude, he's got the versatility. He's got all of that there. And also, I don't know if any of you, you know, listening or watching or whatever, like pull up some of what he did at the Senior Bowl because at the Senior Bowl, he ran drills as a wide receiver. And he was able to, like, you know, move around and find himself in open space and make some really good catches. And even in the game itself, he had a really fun touchdown. I think that's something worth checking out. Demetric Felton <coughs> is a very, very unique, like, I like to call those guys the go-go gadget guys. You know, mm -hmm. just like they could do all sorts of things. You know, it's like a Swiss Army knife, baby. So that's how I feel about Antonio Gibson. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know, like those types of players are the players that I happen to like a lot in terms of like who I'm, you know, looking to build my team around because I play in PPR scoring. That's what I do. So I like PPR guys. So, okay, let's say for all intents and purposes, he remains at the running back position. Well, you could see him as like a really nice, you know, kind of like, you know, pass catching satellite dude in a committee. And he could get you some decent points doing that. Boom. There's value. Or if he decides to convert to receiver, he could easily run out of the slot and do all that type of stuff. If he dedicated to being a slot receiver, he would be successful doing that too. You know, you think about guys like Debo Samuel, for instance. I mean, uh, it's not a perfect comparison in terms of like size and like measurables and certain things, but just in terms of the type of role and impact that they could have in an offense. So if Demetric Felton finds himself on a more forward thinking, you know, progressive team that doesn't do a lot of, you know, the traditional rudimentary, we're going to ground and pound type football, then yeah, we could definitely see Demetric Felton being a dude that's like, wow, there's some value right there. Let's do it. Cool. So that's a guy that I really like, uh, Demetric Felton out of UCLA. Running back, wide receiver, who knows? But as far as like one of the deeper dudes go, I know he's a favorite in the fantasy community. Uh, Jalen Darden 
wide receiver out of North Texas. This dude, oh, <laughs> he's so quick. He's so quick. Oh, it's incredible. Oh, that. And also, the cool thing about him is that he was a really big special teams contributor, which is something that coaches at the next level really, really appreciate a lot and will help you find playing time a lot more quickly. Because, you know, if you're not able to do, yeah, I don't know, like there are the three, there are three parts of the game. Everybody always talks about the two, you know, it's the offense and the defense. It's like, nah, what about the people that do the kicking and the punting and stuff? I mean, like, yeah, that's really important. Coaches care a lot about that. There's a very decent chance he could end up being like a pretty solid, you know, impact, like kick return or punt return or doing all that. And it might help him, you know, ascend up the depth chart. And, you know, I have his stats pulled up. Oh, wow. It was really impressive last year on 118 targets, got 74 receptions almost 1200 yards and 19 receiving touchdowns. I mean, what we need. Yeah, exactly. And like, sure. Keep in mind the level of competition that he is facing playing at North Texas. Yes. We, we can all put that in perspective, but that does not change the fact that this dude was dominant. Absolutely dominant. Pull up, you know, if, if you want to watch a highlight reel on YouTube, go for just to get yourself a little taste of what this guy can do. Please absolutely do so. Jalen Darden is the textbook definition of electric. I am a huge, huge fan. And I, I'm pretty sure on uh, the Sleeper app, if you play Dynasty, he's not even in the player system yet. He's not even in the pool. So anytime I've done mocks, I can't even draft him. So it's just like, hey, if people aren't paying attention and don't already know about him, they're not going to see his name until maybe it comes time to do your rookie draft. So it's like, dude, mm -hmm. get hip with, uh, yeah, dude, Jalen Darden. Just like, seriously, get hip, get hip. Keep that name in the back of your mind. Whenever he shows up in the player pool, that's going to be really sick. I think yeah. you're going to have a good time. <laughs> we will wait for him to. Uh, we will wait for him to show up in that player pool. Um, Herms, thank you so much, man, for not just bestowing your fantasy knowledge, your sideways look at the game, but also your life story today, man. It was super inspiring, and you know, you definitely gave me perspective. So again, I I, I hope our listeners, I hope our viewers took something good out of that because I know I did, and I I'm sure Scott and Nate did as well. Definitely. Oh, always. Thanks, awesome. Herms. Oh. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you buddy. Oh, oh. You're so nice. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Nate, Scott, thank you, gentlemen, for being here with me once again. We'll be back in another two weeks. We're actually going to break down the aftermath of the NFL draft. So, Scott, you can, <laughs> you can hang your hat on that, knowing we'll be back in two weeks to do that. Herms, thank you so much, brother. Um, thank you, gentlemen, again. And thanks to all our listeners and viewers out there. We'll be back in two weeks. And uh, in the meantime, keep it in between, guys. Yeah, I found myself somewhere in between. The in-between fantasy football podcast. The one thing that you know really sets us apart here is, is we're not afraid to talk about other things that maybe aren't super fantasy related. Do what you can to become a better person and become a better human.